Hey everyone, it's Father Pat here today to offer you my reflections on the scripture readings for today. Our readings today are from the fourth Sunday of Easter, a reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Paul and Barnabas continued on from Perga and reached Antioch in Pisidia. On the Sabbath, they entered the synagogue and took their seats. Many Jews and worshipers who were converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who spoke to them and urged them to remain faithful to the grace of God. On the following Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. When the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and with violent abuse, contradicted what Paul said. Both Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly and said, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken to you first, but since you reject it and condemn yourselves as unworthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us, I have made you a light to the Gentiles, that you may be an instrument of salvation to the ends of the earth. The Gentiles were delighted when they heard this and glorified the word of the Lord. All who were destined for eternal life came to believe, and the word of the Lord continued to spread throughout the whole region. The Jews, however, incited the women of prominence who were worshippers and the leading men of the city, stirred up a persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their territory. So they shook the dust from their feet in protest against them and went to Iconium. The disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our response, we are his people, the sheep of his flock. We are his people, the sheep of his flock. Sing joyfully to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful song. We are his people, the sheep of his flock. Know that the Lord is God. He made us. His we are. His people. The flock he tends. We are his people, the sheep of his flock. The Lord is good. His kindness endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. We are his people, the sheep of his flock. A reading from the book of Revelation. I, John, had a vision of a great multitude, which no one could count, from every nation, race, people, and tongue. They stood before the throne and before the Lamb, wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hands. Then one of the elders said to me, These are the ones who have survived the time of great distress. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason, they stand before God's throne and worship him day and night in his temple. The one who sits on the throne will shelter them. They will not hunger or thirst any more, nor will the sun or any heat strike them. For the Lamb who is in the center of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to springs of life-giving water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can take them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one can take them out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I'm generally not a quitter, but when I was in eighth grade, I decided to try out for my school's baseball team. It could have been the beginning of a long career, long, you know, illustrious career, ending with uh, my Hall of Fame induction, except for a few things. I couldn't hit, I couldn't throw, and I couldn't catch. I'm not particularly coordinated, to be honest, and I'm going to blame my lack of athleticism on 
on my uh, on my bad genes, I think. But but after a couple of weeks of uh, baseball practice where I felt like I embarrassed myself, I quit. A couple of the other guys uh, on the team later told me that the coach said that I would have made the team. Undoubtedly, I would have been the next Babe Ruth if my classmates and coach would have just encouraged me a little earlier before I quit. Or at the very least, I would have had a photo of me somewhere with me in a baseball uniform and a fierce batting stance. Well, too late now, I guess. But On the fourth Sunday of Easter, we, we contemplate Jesus as the Good Shepherd. For me, the Good Shepherd has always been my model of priestly ministry. But a good shepherd isn't a shepherd without sheep, right? I mean, what jumps out at me about today's readings, though, is that Jesus is both a shepherd and a sheep. And it's by being one of the sheep that he becomes the shepherd. The image from the book of Revelation shows us that. We hear um, in our second reading today, the lamb, right, the young sheep, the lamb who is in the center of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to springs of life-giving water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. The lamb, the tiny lamb, the most vulnerable of all the sheep, becomes the shepherd. And he can truly say, as Jesus does in today's gospel, I know them, and they follow me. Indeed, Jesus, the Lamb of God, protects us by, by being the wolf's victim. The source of all life becomes one of us, and dies for us so that we can live forever. So the true shepherd, the good shepherd, is one with the sheep, because in his heart at least, he's a sheep, just as he is a shepherd. Right? He is much, as he is much a sheep as he is shepherd. He's God and man. Pope Francis uses that, that very image in his, uh, in, in his uh, letter to the faithful, uh, titled Evangelii Gaudium. It was, it was really the first major writing he did as the Holy Father. Um, and he said, uh, he said in that document, evangelizers thus take on the smell of the sheep, and the sheep are willing to hear their voice. It's comforting, of course, to, to reflect on the image of the shepherd. We've seen it many times, the shepherd that carries the injured sheep on his shoulders, right? A, a popular myth associated with that image, though, um, uh, talks about a shepherd who is showing tough love. So, uh, how how the story goes, or the or the or the you know image goes, is an individual sheep who who continually wanders off or lags behind the flock, puts itself in danger. So it's it's lagging behind and it's going to expose itself to you know a wild animal or a predator. So the shepherd, noticing that the sheep is always falling behind, breaks one of the sheep's legs, and then carries the sheep, and 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 develops a bond with the sheep as the sheep's uh, leg heals. And so when the sheep can walk again after it's healed, it then from that point forward stays close to the shepherd because it feels comforted and protected by the shepherd. They've developed that bond. But that image honestly isn't reality. First of all, carrying around a 75-pound injured sheep isn't really practical unless you're an NFL lineman. Plus, what do you do when another sheep wanders off? Break its legs too? You certainly can't carry two lame sheep or three. An ancient Jewish midrash or, or commentary on the Jewish scriptures offers, offers this image of Moses from Moses' early days as a shepherd. We hear in the midrash, One day a kid ran away from the flock under Moses' care. Moses chased after it until it came to a spring and began to drink. When Moses reached the kid, he cried, Oh, I did not know that you were thirsty. 
he cradled the runaway kid in his arms and he carried it to the flock. Said the Almighty, you are merciful in tending sheep. You will tend my flock, the people of Israel. See, Moses doesn't harshly punish a wandering sheep for its own good by breaking its legs, but instead, Moses understands the thirst behind the sheep's drifting, and he gently guides it in the right way, right? So, so, so Moses being one with the sheep, uh, you know, uh, having the smell of the sheep, being with the, with the sheep and bonding with the sheep, understands that the sheep was thirsty, and that's why the sheep wandered away. And so Moses guides the, the, the sheep back and, you know, presumably make, make sure that the, the, the uh, sheep doesn't go thirsty again, right? Such tender pasturing comes from knowing the sheep so well and anticipating and feeling their needs as they have them. And so as sheep, we're naturally formed as shepherds as well. We know the sheep by knowing ourselves and by knowing our brother and sister sheep. We, so we, we participate then in the shepherding of the flock, in the, in the ministry of the true shepherd, just by being good sheep. Because in reality, sheep don't just follow the shepherd. They are also nudged along by each other as they search for greener pastures. They're part of a flock, right? And so they feel confident and safe and guided when they're surrounded by the other members of the flock. Well, we're a little over a month into baseball season. My Phillies are stunning in their mediocrity, as they, as they always are. One of my favorite players these days is Alec Bohm, their young, uh, their young third baseman. He's just a big, goofy-looking kid to me, right? He's, he's looked like, he, you know, he's grown out of his clothes. You know, he's just this big guy. Um, and, he, and he looks like a little boy. And, and I root for him to succeed because he just looks like he's so sincere, right, and, and trying to work so hard and trying to, do, trying to do well for the team. Early in the season, he was really struggling on both offense and defense. And, and so the manager had him mostly riding the bench. And then, then one day he got a rare start. And unfortunately, in that start, he made three errors in three innings. I, th- I think it was literally like the first, second, and third inning. He made an error in each of those innings. Can you imagine that? Awful. When in the middle of all that, um, I think it was after the second after the second error, but before the third, he actually made a good play. And the Philly fans, as we tend to do, responded with a sarcastic cheer and 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 then mocking him in in, in like fake applause, as if to say, "Finally, you know, you fielded the fielded the ball cleanly, you big dope." Unfortunately, the TV camera captured him reacting to this this taunting by uh, him saying to another player, "I hate this place." which is an exact quote except for one colorful world word that he uh, said before place. I hate this place, right? After the game, in a, in a, in a press interview, Boehm apologized to the fans for a, you know, a bad game, a rough game, and also for his emotional outburst uh, towards the Philly fans. When he was announced the next day, uh, coming up to bat, the Philly fans, who are, I mean, let's face it, are known more for their brutality than their kindness, they actually cheered. They, they gave him a, a sincere... Uh, standing ovation because they, we as fans appreciate his honesty, uh, his hard work, and and the truth is we want him to succeed too. We want him to make the team better. What I learned later though was even more edifying. After the three-hour game, that you know, right after the game, but before Bohm talked to the to the uh, uh, reporters, several of his teammates and his manager gave him a pep talk, and they encouraged him just to face the press, to be upfront with them, to be honest with them. And so nudged by his brother Sheep, Bohm went from goat to hero in the eyes of the fans. And since then, he's been having a pretty good season, as it turns out. Christian discipleship 
is a team sport. We listen to and we follow the Good Shepherd, but we do it best, surrounded by and encouraged by each other, both in spite of our smelliness and wounds and and, and sometimes even because of those things, because, because we, you know, we feel each other's pain, we understand each other's struggles. When we support each other, we bleed the blood of the lamb. And it is then that we see the good shepherd there too. May Almighty God bless you this day, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And to all mothers out there, happy Mother's Day. God bless you in your vocation and in your shepherding of the children entrusted to your care. God bless.